Good afternoon and welcome to NFTs Live. I'm your host, Tyler D. It is Friday, March 4th, a sunny and warmer day here in Chicago. We're thawing out. The NFT markets have been ice cold, but we might be seeing some signs of thawing there too. We'll see. A bit early to tell. I've got Brett Ritchie on with me this morning to break it all down. Brett, how you doing? Doing good, Tyler. Glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks for joining. We've got a lot on deck for today. So on the docket, we're going to start with a macro overview, take a look at our trustee Dune Analytics page. Then we're going to talk about NFT regulatory scrutiny from the SEC, and then some issues that happened yesterday with MetaMask, Infura, and OpenSea, and then should users be worried. Then on a lighter note, we're going to talk Ukraine fundraising and a ringer and X copy up for sale today. Then we'll go into our standard segments. We're going to hit the seven-day market movers from Flips Finance. In one of ones, we're going to talk Drifter Shoots, talk his all-time high, and then ask, is it one of one season? Then we'll take a look at the floors at WGMI. We'll hit the Treasure Dow Marketplace Exploit and talk, was it really a bullish exploit or not? Uh, and then we'll end the show talking a few upcoming drops. A lot to cover. Sound good? Let's do it. All right, let's jump in. So we're going to start macro overview. I'm going to share here the OpenSea Dune Analytics dashboard. Uh, so a bit to unpack. So we, first, we closed February with $3.57 billion. It was the second highest month uh, of all time for NFT sales, but down considerably right from January, which was our all-time blow-off month. And then if you take a look at the daily candles, it's pretty much been down only since uh, we peaked there at the end of January, outside of a, a big weekend there around the Super Bowl and some anticipation. Um, so certainly liquidity has gone down considerably. We're now kind of coming in at the 60 to $70 million a day mark, which you really hadn't seen uh, since December. So certainly low and the, the floors are reflecting it. You know, everything is down 10 to 20% on the week or so. Um, I think a few, so that's definitely bearish, right? I can't, I can't deny that. A few bullish indicators for me as I scroll down the dashboard a little bit more. First, the OpenSea monthly active traders. So we had a huge influx of traders in January, 546,000 up, almost 200,000 from December. Well, almost that entire user base stuck around and transacted again in February. Um, then uh, Mando actually tweeted a chart yesterday, which I like. This, this is essentially the daily active user count across the different NFT platforms. Uh, and you can see how low it was back in you know, summer of 21, the August peak mania into early fall, how it dipped in that November bear and then where we're at now, January and February, and the, the daily user count is holding pretty high. Um, so we're sitting around 35,000 or so daily active users, of course, down from peak. But that 35,000 is significantly higher than even where we were in peak August. So I don't know, I'm feeling cautiously optimistic about this, Brett. You know, what's your take on, on some of the, the data that we just went through? I think it's really bullish uh, that that the users are sticking around, you know, or obviously some of those are new users coming in in February too. But for the most part, uh, if you look at, at the sort of like November dip here, they, no one was even trading. Um, mm -hmm. And and now, even though the market's been a bit bearish, right, there's still a lot of users. That's one of my, like my overall kind of view on NFTs 
is that say there's only a million people in NFTs now or so, right? That number is going to be a hundred or a thousand X in the coming years. Now that doesn't mean that these older bags, like they're going to be trading the same way, but, but I do think that there's just gonna be way more people in NFTs. There's also a lot more supply coming. Maybe they don't really care about, you know, my Bitbird from April, 2021, you know, maybe no one ever comes to buy those. Uh, but I, there's a lot more users coming. I think this is really good um, to see people sticking around. Like when, when liquidity dries up and the floor drops, it's nowhere near as fun than up only mode, right? That's awesome. When you wake up, you're up 20% every day. You want to make a sale, it goes right away and you're making a profit. Like those are great times. This is the opposite and people are still sticking around. So I think that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, for sure. And uh, the other chart from the, the previous dashboard I'll show to also highlight your, your overall point there. So this is the total traders over time cumulative chart. We're, we're sitting at 1.37 million. When we, start, when we started NFTs Live in September 1st, I was looking at this today. The number was 330,000. So a million more cumulative NFT transactors. In that, by the way, that's by wallet, right? So like I'm 12 of those wallets. A ton of people, right, have a a bunch of wallets that interact with OpenSea. So that's not even 1.3 million people. It really might be 300K or something like that. So it's a small amount of people in NFTs, um, so far it's kind of crazy given given some of the prices and, and the liquidity in some sets it's so, just not that many people still room to grow certainly um but a potential hamper there that we have to talk about regulatory scrutiny so on tuesday or wednesday of this week uh the announcement came out that the sec is starting to scrutinize the nft market uh over this headline says over illegal crypto token offerings um so this is really the first time that we've seen formal uh, efforts of the SEC to look into NFTs, at least it's been made publicly aware of. Um, Certainly, I think there was a lot of overreaction right away when we saw the headline, which is, of course, indicative of how the NFT market is. Um, And then I think people have kind of come to terms with, you know, this new reality and essentially who will, you know, actually fall under their scrutiny or not. You know, will it be everything? Uh, or will it just be, you know, the more egregious actors? I do, I do want to quickly show this Howey test uh, for those who may not be familiar with this. So this is the test that the SEC applies to see if something is actually a security or not. It says essentially that if investors are kicking in money to fund a company with the intention of profiting from the efforts of the organization's leadership, it's a security. Um, so I think there's a few ways to interpret that. And I'm, I'm curious for yours. Um, to me, first off, every NFT could fall into this that has a founding team and a roadmap because you could look at the initial NFT sale as a token sale. That's a fundraising effort with the intention of the mentors to profit off of that. So that's the strictest interpretation. I feel like just in general market sentiment, talking to people, most think it's more related to the NFT tokens themselves. So the NFT products that launch their own coins essentially, but kind of where do you sit on you know, early projections of where the SEC is going to focus. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. It's more going to be on like the more egregious um, scam type of projects, as well as ones that do have that token that may potentially make some promises. Something like Doodles, for example, where they do have a roadmap that they're executing on. They're not prom- They're not promising you a profit. Like they're to me, 
I, I really doubt they're going to go after something like doodles, right? I don't think they did anything wrong, right? They're just, here's some art, like give us some money. And then like, we have this roadmap. That's fine. Um, you, you then have stuff like some of those, you know, play to earn games where, where they have the token and, and it gets a little tricky. And then some of these founders, they'll just say ridiculous stuff. Like the Pixelmon guy tweeted out, Pixelmon is the, the next blue chip. This is investment advice. Uh, something else that was like pretty bad. So when you got stuff like that to go after, I, I really don't think like in the ICO world, right? They really went after most of the the egregious ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the most part, like they didn't they didn't cast. They had some guidance that was like very unclear, but they they didn't have any sort of like blanket um, kind of attacks on projects. So I, I really doubt we would see that here. Uh, I, I to me, it, it, it might, there's a lot of, of egregiousness in the space right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't blame them at all for saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna step in at some point." I think most NFT users would would welcome this if it's focused on the egregious actors. Yeah. You know, the, the cash grabs uh, that we all pretty much universally want out of the space. Well, this wasn't the only regulatory impact from the week, so I'm gonna share just a, a couple of tweets from Fubar, OX Fubar on Twitter. Um, just because he has some nice, concise summaries of what happened. Um, so this all happened yesterday. So first, uh, rumors started going around Twitter that MetaMask was blocking IP addresses in Venezuela. Uh, looking under the hood, it turned out to be the underlying RPC Infura that was actually doing the blocking, not MetaMask. You know, MetaMask is decentralized. I kind of challenged that. You know, both Inferior and MetaMask are owned by Consensus, the same company. So I don't really know. Everyone who's quick to point out that they're, it wasn't MetaMask, it was Infura. Like, okay, it's still the same company who, who was doing all this. So I didn't really buy all the, all the pushback there. Um, but certainly uh, a big issue, you know, unilaterally blocking IP addresses of users in an entire country. Um, and then on top of that, OpenSea shared storefront now deleting collections associated with various sanctioned jurisdictions. The one that I saw the most was from Iranian artists um, who had previously sold hundreds of ETH in their digital art collections using the OpenSea contract now uh, off of OpenSea. You can't find the NFTs on your OpenSea page. Um, I always spent some time looking around and Rarible is the only site that I could actually even find these Iranian artists NFTs at this point. So they, they still exist. They're on the blockchain. I bought some on um, object on Tezos yesterday. Oh, interesting. Okay. So my take on this is I think it's pretty clear that OpenSea is under either they're under investigation right now or they're prepping for their IPO. They've got a compliance lead who just has recently entered the picture because it is illegal for U.S. citizens to do business with Iranian citizens who live in Iran. That is a violation of U.S. This sanctions is bullshit, law. Bullshit, in my opinion. Quit punishing citizens for the actions of their government. I'm with you there, firmly. But it's pretty clear to me that OpenSea has been violating these sanctions rules for like the past year, and it seems like they just realized it. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious for the fallout of this. So I think the bigger question is, you know a lot of the draw of the space is decentralization and crypto and NFTs. And clearly it's not decentralized if the big actors who run all the services are centralized. So I, mean, I guess- bearish. Sorry, go ahead. 
I was going to ask you your reaction to, to this kind of FUD here that happened the so last few days. The problem is these are U.S. companies, right? OpenSea said in their tweet, like, look, we're a U.S. company and we have to abide by these rules. The U.S. in crypto, for whatever reason, is the strictest country, right? You go, like, there's often you'll go to a site, like a DeFi site or something, and it's like citizens of North Korea, Syria, Iran, USA, and China, like, can't use this. Um and so I don't blame OpenSea. Like if I were in their spot where I've got this multi-billion dollar company, I'm in the US, I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna like jeopardize that. So I understand them taking the safe route here, but it sucks. Like, um, yeah, it's against the ethos of the space. It's like, um, you know, I really hate seeing them delist a collection like that, mm -hmm. especially out of the blue without any, any sort of warning, especially from the storefront. Uh, you should let people um, migrate at least. They could have had some window to to solve this problem instead of just doing it overnight. Um, but it, uh, theoretically, it could be bullish for X2, Y2, looks rare, like any of these um, marketplaces that are not US-based. If you're an anonymous offshore uh, marketplace, you can get away with a bit more. And, and uh, you know, in Fura, again, there's other like... Um, services you can use you can run your own you can there's mm -hmm. other options out there's there workarounds. so it's not it's not great but um you know the technology still works so it, it, there are workarounds yeah i think you know that. i was going to ask you you know what what are your thoughts on the path to true decentralization and it's going to be reliant on these either offshore and or anonymous teams to essentially build competitive products but that um, see that's tricky too right yeah. especially anonymous teams in this space it's like you, they can always rug you at any point to some extent. Yeah, plenty um, of its own risks. You know, like OpenSea, for all of its flaws, right? Like, you know that it is a very legitimate business. You know, they're not they're not out to, like, steal from you. They may make mistakes or whatever, but, you know, they're, they're um, it's about as safe a business to use within the realm of as risky as crypto is, as anything. But yep. the U.S., I mean, I just don't think the government's going to change their tune. Like, I would love for them to to just back off and, like, go after the scams. Like, this isn't let Iranian artists sell their art. Like, there was one a guy from um, Turkey who, who just had a um, Iranian blood, but he was Turkish. He had a Turkish passport. He got banned from Binance just because he was uh, Iranian by birth. So... Right these sanctions are, are far reaching. Yeah, for sure. And definitely shining a light on the centralization versus decentralization piece, just to round out the topic. I don't I think the reality is most users don't really care about that argument and most actually prefer centralization. And that's, we'll be clear about how they make their choices, but it's going to yeah. be a long road ahead. On a lighter note, let's talk about good news from the week, Ukraine fundraising via NFTs. So We've seen some projects do it. We highlighted Turf last week. Then the Ukraine DAO did a fundraise this week. They were originally promising an airdrop and then pulled that because people were complaining about the airdrop. It was, it was a mess. I'm not going to get into that. But yesterday, two major announcements. So first, uh, a top collector, Rudy Adler, he's an OG in the NFT space, has just an unbelievable super rare and generative art collection. Announced he's going to auction off uh, Ringer 376. We're showing it here on the screen in this rare blue and yellow palette. 
um, no reserve, all the proceeds go to NGOs working around Ukraine. Um, so I thought that was really awesome. He's already got a 150th bid on it. I set the over-under at 250 on this. This is a grail ringer. Um, previously, the only blue and yellow I've seen sale change hands for 400th over the summer. Granted, that was peak mania. But the highest-end grail ringers have sold for 2,000 ETH. Um, so I mean, this is a significant asset for him to be selling and turning over the proceeds to Ukraine. So shout out to yeah. Yeah, definitely awesome. And then not to be left out, Xcopy minted special operation uh, to the endowment owner here. Also giving the proceeds to those affected by the Ukrainian invasion. You see the tag on here, mother's love greater than bombs. And 6529 uh, has got the high bid on this right now, 165 ETH. Um, so these will be some fun auctions to watch here. Um, what was your reaction uh, to what we, we saw? I'm, here I'm not surprised by the prices. I mean, it's obviously I don't um, play in this this level of stakes, but uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, it, I don't I wouldn't, you know, personally, if I, I instead of ringers, I would be buying 100 pieces of some smaller set or whatever. Mm. That's just kind of how my mind works or same with X copy. I'd rather. I'd rather go, you know, buy a bunch from like 0.5 to two ETH or whatever. So I don't, I don't have a great insight here just because um, this, like this, this level of um, stakes just doesn't interest me. Um, like, I don't know how much money I would have to have to be firing like 150 to 250 ETH on a piece, but it's more than I have. Yeah. And I'm just thinking more just conceptually. I think what's cool about what we've seen this week is just, Web3 crypto native folks fundraising in real time and, and getting funds over to Ukraine, a country in, in need of it, and without all the previous Web2 web red tape and whatnot. So it's definitely yeah. been- the fund The fundraising is, is great uh, for like Ukraine, they put out um, just in their Twitter, they put a donation address. I think Ethereum donations were like five to one to Bitcoin, which was interesting. A lot more ETH came in. But yeah, like I think these pieces would be going, I don't think they're getting necessarily like a charity markup. I think this is probably, at least here at the 150-ish range, they'd probably mm -hmm. be getting here anyway, whether there was the charity component or not. That could help, um, you know, I guess raise the floor of the sale and then potentially have a, a higher ceiling due to the charity. But yeah, I for think, sure. I mean, crypto is really good for um, like, transacting money internationally go send a bank wire or something it's a joke compared to sending each somewhere yeah, not great but shout out to xcopy and rudy for uh, facilitating these all right let's get into our segments want to hit the uh the seven day market movers here from our friends over at flips finance if you take a look at the top 20 the overall theme is obvious Pain. it's yeah max Payne. All the floors are down. I think I led the show with 10 to 20%. It's worse. It's, it's closer to 10 to 30 to 40% in some of these sets. Um, so we'll start Invisible Friends, 3X, the high, the second highest leading volume. They did 15,000 ETH, although the, we saw the floor slowly drop from that 9 ETH range. Pre-reveal, revealed on Sunday, uh, immediately started dropping. It went all the way down to 5.5, but it seems to have rebounded here. Uh, do you think five and a half was the floor and does it hold it in the sixes or do you think we still go down a bit more? 
I, I, it's hard to say. I think if the market continues like this, it's, it'll be a slow, a slow trickle down. People get impatient and there's not as many new buyers coming in necessarily to, uh, to fire six ETH on, on a piece, but um, yeah, there are only 5,000, right? A lot of the times these sets have 10,000 or 20,000 for tubby cats. So I think that may, does make a big difference because a fair amount are just going to be out of circulation. But um, yeah, right now I, it's hard for me to say like my default in this market is, is like slow trickle down for any project mm -hmm. you ask me about for the most part. Like until proven otherwise, and that can change very sure. quickly. But that's how I feel right now. I tend to agree, and we've absolutely seen that. We have seen a little bit of a rebound. So Invisible Friends, I mentioned that BAYC six got swept up this morning. Clone X has seen some real buying pressure. Azuki had dropped down to mid eights. It's back to ten. Um, you know, similar story across the board. MFers was one that I believe it got down all the way to two, into maybe even into the ones. It's back at 2.7, so it's still down 30% on the week, but up from the, the local bottoms. So certainly uh, some positive news there. We'll see, though, if, if that holds or if we continue going slowly down. I'll say the one, the one here, you talked about the buying pressure on Clonex. I do think that that is the safest uh, bet out there that also still has upside. You have, I mean, Nike, they've been – doing stuff and artifact uh the team behind clonex they've been delivering and then when you when you have that sort of nike machine that could be turned on or not you don't know it's there's some risk but it's like i feel they're a lot safer than something like uh mfers where like i love sartoshi but that that that's a meme token mm -hmm. where you know the the nike marketing behemoth to me is is a safer bet that doesn't mean it's a better bet just depends on your risk tolerance, but like, I, I think Clonex I will probably do fairly well in a bear market compared to some other projects. Yeah, a, a couple of reactions to that. One, in bear markets, you always want to pay attention to the, the collections that hold up the best, see the most volume. Clearly, Clonex is at the top of the board. Um, and I agree, like in the whole mid-tier PFP set, they're the safest play. The one I think that's got the highest upside, even with the 20,000 supply. Uh, yeah. And I think there, there's more on the immediate uh, roadmap for them too. On the flip side, a bit of a disappointment with doodles. I want to show the, the space caps here. Um, my page uh, may not be loading, but Monday, the space capsules came out. General market sentiment was really positive. Like people loved the space caps, but it didn't move the needle at all. Uh, in fact, we only saw like five real space cap sales in this week. Um, there was a couple early on where people thought it was an airdrop and were confused and sold it for like five or seven ETH. But putting those aside, I thought we'd see some like rare space doodle sales this week. Uh, yeah. and, and it was basically crickets. Um, what was your reaction? to? to I seeing? thought there'd be more volume. Uh, the floor basically stayed the same which is interesting to me, given that there have been no sales. Um, like, I don't have the doodles, but I'd probably be a little worried here. And I might say, well, it's still 11. I'm going to sell because these didn't move the market. It hasn't dropped. The price is the same as it was before. And there's still, there haven't been very many sales. Mm -hmm. So I, it's like a little weird. 
It is. I think overall they've got some big visions for the product. I think the, the product will still be fine, but we might be able to get back in at eight or something. It's kind yeah. of my thinking. And I, it, typically, I don't like doing that. Trying to short term trade. Like if you like doodles long term and you're in there, uh, I'd probably just hold it. it and don't overthink it. Yeah, definitely the same. Uh, another, I'll, I'll call it disappointment. It was a disappointment. So World of Women had this massive high end sale at Christie's. Uh, I want to say it was Wednesday, 567,000 pounds. It was 750,000 US dollars, smashing the prior all time high for this collection. On Thursday, the there, there was two, two sales in 24 hours on Thursday in the first day following it. So typically, the price action you see is when there's a huge sale up top, it, it, it pulls some floor action along with it. Uh, and we absolutely did not see that. I and mean, they're coming in at 21st on the board outside the top 20, 790 traded. The floor is down 7%. So it's held up stronger than a lot of the other sets who dropped more. But not great. I would have expected a little bit more upward yeah, price action there. Not great. I agree. Then the last one I had to cover the, the lone winner of the week, or uh, putting tinted fields aside, DGN Tunes, 100 percent up on the week 0.7 floor I'm gonna quickly show their open c page uh, 888 8888 degenerate tunes that double as a membership to an exclusive metaverse community with the power to build it up and you see the art here which i actually like i think the tunes art is pretty cool uh, so i was checking this out i went to their roadmap and they've got a really interesting roadmap um one that might come under sec scrutiny um so Phase one, they're launching the collection. Two, they're launching the community connection. But what was interesting to me is they promised these airdrops, including additional tunes and ETH. This is the first time I've seen anyone talk about airdropping ETH. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that in a roadmap before. So a bit of yeah, a, a lot of function. Alphabetties. Um, okay. One one ETH. They oh, did wow. like a, a one ETH raffle for ten pieces from the collection um and whatever if your number was drawn they just airdrop they sent you an ETH. so interesting yeah. all right so it's not the first time um and then they they're launching toontown it looks like they're going to launch a token called tune um, which is pretty standard and then another airdrop uh then the, the last piece that i have to call out because i've never seen this before um and it kind of baffles me so along with their rare one of one pause they're giving anyone who mints this token 15,000 ETH for this one, 20,000 in ETH for the gold, and then 15,000 in ETH uh, for this third, um, which I was chatting with a few friends. So like these people have already won the lotto by getting the rare, which should be the most valuable NFT in the set. And you're yeah. going to reward them with more ETH? That, that seems strange to me. Um, a friend actually said, well, why not make it the, the lowest rarity, <laughs> right? Or I think you mentioned just do it randomly. Like, I like the alphabetics thing. Obviously, I won, so it was it was even better. But yeah, 10 random ones, you had an ETH or whatever. Um, I do agree with you. If you're already getting the rare one, that's good enough. So I'd rather see that um, spread out elsewhere. But, you know, if, if you really want to gamble, this is that's that's a good gamble uh, where it's all in the, the top end. But, you know, you're really unlikely to hit one of those. And clearly there's some market demand for the project and they've held up the best. So I, I can't fight them. So we'll definitely keep, uh, keep tabs on DJ and tunes. All right, let's switch gears to one of ones. So the, the headline of this week is drifter shoots. I feel like we've been 
kind of on repeat talking about him, but this guy is just on a tear right now. He was at Sotheby's for an auction yesterday. Uh, the Sotheby's, if people aren't aware, they set a price projection on their website for the piece. And they, they set their projection for this particular piece called Whatever It Takes. Laughably low. Yeah, I'll that's say. ridiculous. 20,000 20, pounds. Isn't uh, the floor was like 50 ETH or something at least? Like, yeah. It's like 150K. It was. So whoever set that line uh, apparently is not familiar with his collection in yeah. any way. Um, but he still, he came in, sells over 200,000 pounds, 95 ETH, 10X what their estimate was. This guy's on cloud nine and clearly his, his collection, where my vans go, we'll show the op open C page here. Um, it is on an up only tear. The floor is 59 ETH here for a collection of 118, you know, of, of his famous photography NFTs. And he's traded over 7.5 million, 2,600 ETH. So can't really say too much good about this guy. What an awesome story. <laughs> Yeah, wish I, think, I had one, but I don't. Yeah, my question for you is, is it one of one season? So we've seen growing chatter in NFT Twitter. Um, you know, especially this is kind of common when the PFP cycle is, is kind of bottoming out and we're at this stage of the cycle. Now people are saying, is it one of one season? Are we going to start seeing some rotation of funds back into one of ones? What's your take? Is it one on one season? I'm I'm pretty skeptical. People have been saying that since I've been in NFTs, talking about how that's like the top of the funnel. That ultimate is the money flows to one of ones. I've never seen that. Um, I've seen it. You've seen it in a few collections, right? A few like X copy, uh, Drifter shoots, right? There are a few of these one of ones, and there's people that start that start lower and sort of get marching, but. I, yeah, I don't, I, I doubt that that's coming soon. I don't think it's going to happen um, outside, you know, certain artists will blow up. Alpha Centauri Kid, who was on here, um, like, but, but in terms of like the meta of the market being in one of ones, I, I don't see that. I think it's going to be still more, more projects, you know, I don't know if we're going back to generative art, like that, that was a very, insane peak and then a devastating crash um you know then there have been a few different metas right we had the uh um anime meta simp dow meta like kevin meta right now <laughs> i don't know if we're gonna get a like a one-of-one one meta where people are like okay this is now it's one of one season it hasn't happened yet from what i've seen outside of again like certain certain people have blown up but like the the market hasn't been like okay now we're on one of ones yeah no i think you're spot on being skeptical is the right answer uh anyone who says otherwise is just ignoring the data i'm showing the super rare uh dune analytics dashboard right now and i mean february was the lowest month since last summer and by substantial amounts um so certainly the, the money is not flowing there right now um, What's crazy is if March, before the whole run started with apes and all this, that was they they did their biggest volume like that that this was before my time like I was still in Top Shot back then, and yeah. there was this insane run up and crash in one of ones then. So I don't know if if there's still lingering effects from that, uh, but there was that I guess was the meta back then back in March 
it, it was, was a super rare one of one meta. Um, so it has happened. I just wasn't around for it. Uh, so it could happen again, right? Um, but again, to me, I'm I'm in. Uh, I'm not going to try and front run that. I, I I'll grab one of ones that I like, but I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not particularly optimistic that's just going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, two two more pieces from my point of view. I think first, I, I do think one of ones from the best artists are some of the absolute best buys in the FT space. And there's gonna, they're going to be the ones that hold value five, 10 years down the line. The ones you can have in your portfolio, sleep at night and not check the price. Um, on the flip side, the market in NFTs right now the, is different than people who can pay $100,000 for a single piece of art, right? These are people who are viewing NFTs as a lotto or Robinhood stock crypto investing, right? Who are trying to, to make a, a quick profit and exit back to, to ETH or US dollars or whatever. So I, I don't think, I think a lot of people don't understand that, that the market for people who are willing to pay 50 to $100,000 for a single piece of art to hold for 10 years with no real buy pressure on the horizon is incredibly small. Um, and that's why I don't know that, it, <clears throat> that's why I don't think it's one on one season. Um, with that being said, I still, Love one-on-one art. I think a strong goal for people who have success, you know, flipping PFPs is to try to rotate some of your gains into uh, a lower end one-on-one piece and get a, start to get a feel for the market. There's so. there's good stuff on foundation and super rare, whatever, 0. 0.15, 0. 0.2. You can, you can, um, you don't, you don't have to see these, oh, it's 60 ETH. I can't afford that. Like there, you can play the game uh, at, at small stakes too. So um you know, like I, I, my average one of one price point is, so I think like 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6 purchase price. Yeah, so that, that's you don't a great have point. To be firing these huge amounts. I, I love that. It's actually, it's pretty fun too. You, you make a couple ETH scalp, you know, flipping a PFP that you never cared about. Go look for some art that, that might, you know, resound with you that, that you want to hold for a bit for a new artist. So I love that play. Let's quickly check on the floors here. At our with our friends at WGMI.io, we will start with PFPs here. Um, so again, the theme is similar. It's it's mostly red. I want to touch on the 30-day change here uh, quickly. So Board Ape Yacht Club sits at 83. It's down 17% on the month. Kongs are at 79, down 11%. Punks are at 67.5 ETH, down about 9% on the month. Um, as we get down into the mid-tier, mutants are at 16.8, down 14%. Uh, let's see, Clone X, 12.3, down 23%. Azuki's at 10, they're down 18% on the month. Doodle's at 9.8, down 25%. World of Women at 8, only down 8%. And then let's get to the Cool Cats. They're at 7, down 35% on the month. One of the, the biggest losers, unfortunately, with the, the delays that to the game that they were going to roll out. I got to check on, on the cryptodes. Unfortunately, this is going to be tough for the toads fan. It's incredibly far down. Um, my gosh, where are they? It's below alien friends. And did, did I miss them? I saw them sell oh, here. They are there at 1.8. They're at 1.8 ETH down 40% on the month. Um, they never really ran during the whole January crazy bull market. Um, and now they're, they're not even holding up. 
uh, as everything else falls, like they're, they're falling in line. So tough times for the, the cryptos. Hape, owners Hape, by the way, 1.6, that was um, not surprising to me. Yeah. And I mean, we'll, we'll see that below one next month. Um, so I shared the 30 day change. You know, it, it feels like everything's down, that the sky is falling. It's really not down that much. And I went back and charted out since December. A lot of these sets are still up uh, from where we were last November. Um, so it's not all total doom and gloom. Let's quickly go through the art blocks here and then we'll move on. So Fidenzas are sitting at 58, down 17%. Ringers at 50, up 30%. So they must have seen. They might flip Fidenzas here. It's, clo it's closing the gap. Pretty close. And elevated deconstructions up top at 45 down 10%. You know, I think the top end art blocks and generative art, if we were in a prolonged bear, I, I think we'll hold the best uh, of most of these projects. Um, so I'm actually not surprised to see some buy pressure come in on some of these as folks, you know, think we might be in for a, a longer bear. Um, but certainly, certainly we'll see and time will tell. All right, that, that takes us through the, the floors. I want to quickly touch base on the treasure marketplace exploit. Maybe get your thoughts uh, on this from the outside, Brett. So I'm showing a tweet here from John Patton. This is from Wednesday evening. Treasure marketplace is being exploited. Please delist your items. We'll cover the cost. Um, so essentially what happened is some hackers found a bug on the contract that allowed you to essentially buy any listed NFT for zero uh through the contract so about 150 nfts from the treasure dow ecosystem were taken it took them about an hour to respond and they shut down the marketplace they shut everything down essentially so that was the event the immediate aftermath so it turned out a lot of the nfts were taken from white, by white hats who immediately returned them to the owners so that was a good sign and then immediately, the, I'd say the community started rallying pretty hard behind the Treasure Doubt team. It was pretty overwhelmingly positive in support. Uh, and the Treasure Doubt team came out and made an announcement. They're going to make everyone whole. They're going to audit. Uh, they're going to do stronger audits. Uh, they're going to take a look at everything under the, under the hood a bit. Which I think is good. I do want to show the price action. So Wednesday evening was uh, an, a crazy roller coaster hour where the token, the magic token dropped from $3.80, $3.80, and dropped all the way down to $2.20. Um, and then it bounced back to about $3.30, $3.40 or so um, right away. And so people were calling it a bullish exploit. You know, anyone who's in this NFT space probably saw that term being thrown around a bit. But then the last two days have happened, Bridge World, the primary game, play to earn game, has been shut down since this happened. It's not restarted yet. And we continue to see the sell-offs. So the, the tokens just kind of slowly dropped to $2.80. So I guess kind of listening to all that, do you feel like this was a bullish or bearish event for Treasure Dow and the founding team? I would say it was bullish. Like if you're looking at this long-term, I think they handled it amazingly, right? They said, we're going to, we're going to make everyone whole right as best we can. The founders like I'll sell all mine. You know, we're, we're going to do right by the people that believed in us. 
So I don't know how bad the damage was. As you said, white hats um, came in and, and took a lot of them. So I'm not sure what the damage was. I'm not sure what um, um, if the original hacker also, sometimes they start sending stuff back. Um, you know, it, it's sad though, like, because this isn't, um, it's not that easy. It almost reminds me, I used to, like when I was playing online poker, uh, they, they had super users on some sites where these guys were like stupid and greedy and they would get caught, right? Where like, if you gave me that power, not that I would have <clears throat> taken advantage of it, but like, I wouldn't get caught. This guy, you, if you steal all these right away for zero, uh, you basically kill your market to sell them. So mm -hmm. like he might've been better off going to treasure saying, hey, I found this exploit. Do you have a bug bounty? Um, certainly that would have been the more ethical thing to do, right? Absolutely. Or if you really wanted to be a little sinister, he could have done it a little um, slower instead of like a smash and grab and, and then actually tried to been making sales, right? If you did, if you took one and then sold it, you know, try that. Um, but overall, I think Treasure handled it great. It sucks though. It shows like the, being a founder in this space, like you're basically under constant attack 24 hours a day, you know, and then if anything goes wrong, these people are like, yeah, I'm going to kill you or whatever. <laughs> you're going to get death threats. Yeah. Uh, so I wish them all the best. I think they handled it great. Yeah, same. And I, I just laugh there. And I, I don't want to slight that. These these founders have received death threats, specifically from, I think it was either Zach XPT or DeFi XPT who did a, a thread on a few of the treasure devs who were tied to some projects that didn't do well. And Patton and some others had spent a week receiving death threats so that's never okay uh, and it's a huge distraction for them and then this happens so uh, you know i can i can outline both the bull and bear case we've touched on a little bit the bull case the community rallied around them community as strong as ever the founders are doing the right thing and they're, they're generally genuinely trying to improve things i think that there's two bear cases to this one is it's exposing like their audit practices like this seemed like a pretty simple this was not a sophisticated exploit uh, from, from what I understand and, and talking to some developing friends. So it kind of puts that into question. Um, and when you're investing in a new ecosystem like this, you're essentially betting on the founders. That is the bet to me, at least as I see it. And so to me, this casts a little bit of doubt about the, the, the true sophistication levels there. Um, then the second piece is now they're going to be dealing with this as their priority for the foreseeable future until everything's resolved. That means they're kicking the can down the road for everything else. Like they're, they're, they're trying to update and fix bridge world. The economics have gone awry uh, and the treasure prices have crashed near one magic from 80. Uh, Smallverse is now on delay and their plans for that universe. Uh, Trove, the marketplace is now likely going to <clears throat> have its rollout delayed too so there's both bull and bear sides of this i'd say i'm, I'm somewhere in neutral um the market's speaking for itself here in the short term um but i'm not selling i still have all my assets it's just Look, i'm, I'm very bullish here but it, the prices did run up quite a bit so um mm -hmm. you know i'm not i'm not necessarily bullish on short-term price activity i mean you, you pay way more attention to this ecosystem than i do but mm -hmm. like i do think that they're like a legitimate team building something that that has a pretty good shot of of making a long-term impact in the space yeah some buys are coming in live during the show so i think they, they agree with your uh, your bull case there all right let's uh, end the show here with a few upcoming drops um so 
going on live right now is this Dutch auction from Meta Tribes. It is just a, a baffling Dutch auction to me. I'm not reading the room or the ecosystem at all. Um, we don't have a screen to share. I'm just going to talk through it. Uh, this is one of the the kind of the standard. It feels like the the whitelist hype meta where it's follow our Twitter, retweet us, join the Discord, and you'll have a shot at whitelist. And that's all of the tweets and their content. We've got 100,000 followers on Twitter. I think 200,000 or something in the Discord decided to run a one eighth Dutch auction in this environment. Um, not only that, the, the, the floor price, the price is dropping 0.05, like every 30 minutes. So it's an incredibly slow and drawn out Dutch auction. And then it, they're stopping it at 0.15. That's for 6,800 of the supplies is up for sale in this Dutch. And then they're doing 2,000 for the whitelisters at 50% the price of the Dutch auction. Um, I mean, th this feels like just an egregious decision to, to run the auction in this fashion to me today, I guess, what's your reaction to the style here, uh, given where we're at in the market? Yeah, I basically, I don't touch the TikTok, Instagram hype, one ETH mint nonsense. So hopefully yep. people have learned their lesson. I think Pixelmon has got to be the peak, the top for that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the pure And um, I, you know, hopefully people don't get burned too bad. Hopefully like, you know, it doesn't drive a lot of people away from the space. There's one guy on Twitter who's like his first two mints were Hape and Pixelmon, you know, Brutal. and it's like, that's the pretty rough intro to the space. You, you're spending 10 ETH <coughs> combined on essentially dust. It's maybe worth two ETH combined now or something. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't touch these. I will say the market does appear to be getting smarter. So in the first hour, 14 of these were minted out of the 7,000 supply. Um, whereas I think a month ago, had Meta Tribes launched with this following base, it, it might sell out at one. Like we saw other projects uh, that aren't even as slick as this do that. Um, so the, clearly the, the market cycle is coming where we're, we're not just minting everything for high prices. Um, a few others on my radar here. I'm scrolling through the Lucky Trader upcoming drops page. Take a look at that. Uh, for a, a full list. Uh, so we've got Let's Walk on Sunday from DK Motion. He's releasing an 180 more animated NFTs. They're in the 0.3 to 0.7 ETH range, um, which uh, DK has a cult following, top artist, feels like the right price point for those NFTs, especially where the secondary is. So I feel like that's going to be a gas war for those. The supply is super low. Oh, is it? Look at this that was K-pop citizen okay. thing. It's like the citizen. exact same thing we were talking about. I've never even heard of it, but it looks like a complete nonsense. 0.15 pre-sale, Dutch auction starting at two ETH for 10,000 of these. I would never, ever touch it. Yeah, I mean, I guess we haven't seen anything directly marketed to the K-pop crowd specifically. So I guess that's the whole thesis here. But the whole Asia narrative meta, that's that's long in the past. Phantom Bears are saying at 0 0.7 ETH. They're down 90% yeah. from high. No one's Look chasing at, the Asia narrative right now. And also K-pop, if you look at like a lot of, um, whether it's gamers or like a lot of other communities tend to hate NFTs or at least they have enough vocal people that hate NFTs within their communities that it's hard. Like I don't see you know the K-pop world, which I don't really know anything about. Um, 
rallying oh yeah now we're in the nfts you know you're gonna be oh it's bad for the environment like the same stuff i think so i agree with you i'm, I'm skeptical there's gonna be some big crossover what is on my radar in a positive that i, I just started looking at this morning is hyperloot um so it's described as a layer two visualization for the loot project they they pushed their their sale it's going to be march 8th now um but I was on their Twitter page. They've got some pretty slick videos. Uh, Punk4156 was actually retweeting them here this morning about how it's the future of CCO. Um, but it seems like this world building game where you, know, you can use characters, NFTs from a variety of projects. So Loot, Blitmap, Noundsdow, Cryptodes, Chainrunners are all different characters that you can play as in this Hyperloot Metaverse Layer 2 visualization so it's a cool idea they've got some slick graphics i haven't really seen this specific application yet um it's 0.05 ETH, so it's a reasonable price point i know relative relatively twenty thousand supply um so this one just came across my desk i'm gonna spend a little bit more time looking into it and we'll report back next month but this yeah, could honestly be... first glance i'm i'm interested in learning more about this so that one is cool. So check that out. And then last, Azuki is doing their Bobu fractional sale on Sunday. Uh, they're doing 20,000 fractions at 0.01. The, the twist here is we thought that was the full supply. It turns out the full supply is 50,000, uh, So which would signify a 500 ETH rain raise. Um, the funds aren't going to the team. The funds are being set aside for the fractional owners to be able to use to build out proposals, projects related to Bobu. It still feels like a hefty price tag to me. Uh, and I was surprised that only 40% of the supply is coming out this Sunday. Um, I think that is something to get into. If, if you want to be a part of the, of the Zuki community and you don't have you know, the funds to, to buy a full NFT and you want to help craft the story, by all means, go do that. I don't think this is an investment play by any means by trying to get some fractions and looking to flip those. Um, certainly I, I could be wrong, but that's my, that's my current take on Bobo. All right, Brett, I think that's everything on my list. What, anything else on your side? That's all. We covered time. Thank you for joining me to our listeners and viewers. As always, thanks for tuning in. We will be back next Friday till then stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon.